sometimes our real family is the one you can't see. This is Your time is up. My time is now. Hey, everybody. This is Pappy. Uh, recording for the first time from Kalamazoo, Michigan. Um, Kazoo. This might be a unique combination of spoiler men. It was the spoiler men who were able to get out to the movies and see Furious Nine, F Nine, um, the latest installment of our favorite movie franchise, The Fast and the Furious. Let's let the host introduce themselves. Um, we'll go east to west. Even though I, I usually don't like that that way of going, uh, let's say who you are, where you're recording from, and I don't have a good question. Um, Some about family. Yeah. Okay, who's your favorite member of your family? Brett, we'll start with no, you. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> or who's well, your favorite actually, wrestler? Actually, you know what? Only one of my family members listens to the show, so I guess I can answer okay, that. Okay, go ahead. All right, this is Brett uh, recording uh, out of Fort Wayne. I, I mean, my best friend growing up has always been my brother, Brian, and he's the only one that listens to the show. So I'll say he's my favorite blood member of my family. Brother Brian. Brother Brian. Yeah, Br- Br- Brittany looked at me and said, yep, blood blood member. <laughs> brother Brian. Brother Brian. Mikey, I'll, I'll, get, the legend. I'll give you a cop-out. Favorite member of your family or favorite wrestler or favorite astronaut since we're in space <laughs> uh, or a uh, combo if that guy exists if you have a cousin who's an astronaut and a professional wrestler i would definitely say say that mm. uh mikey recording from goshen indiana favorite wrestler and i wish he would make an appearance in this uh and this saga and pappy that's the name uh, that IMDb has has it listed as is F9 colon the Fast Saga. So that's the proper name of the movie. Mm. I don't know. IMDb ain't always right. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Uh, right. But yeah, my wrestler uh, that I want to see in this franchise Stone is um, Stone Cold for Stone sure. Stone Cold, baby. Yeah. I hope the music just cued right there. Cause, yeah. <laughs> it definitely did after you said that. Uh, for sure. <laughs> best entrance, best entrance in wrestling history. That glass breaking. Oh my god. I know. There goes our ability to uh, monetize this because one thing I've learned is using WWE music really impacts your, your YouTube channel <laughs> in terms of monetization. Well, Kyla, go ahead and round us out. Like I said, it's the first time I think it's been a Brett, Mikey, Pappy, Corey episode. Oh well, this is exciting then. This is Corey, Kylo Ren memes, recording out of Simi Valley, California. I don't really know what the question is at this point, but I'm just going to kind of uh, <laughs> cherry pick from one of the things you Say said. Say things. My favorite wrestler is a man called The Undertaker, who I actually got to see in person one time, although I didn't get to speak to him at uh, Universal Studios Halloween Horror Nights when I was 13. Epic trip. Um, but I love The Undertaker. He's a, he's a fucking amazing performer. He had such a amazing career as you can tell i was like an old school attitude era wwf fan so i'm not like into that john cena bullshit but like undertaker throwing mick foley off the top of that hell in the cell Mm -hmm. in 1998 good god 
I was watching that live and my mind was fucking blown. Fuck off! <laughs> I watched that tape. Like That was a tape my friend gave me when I was really trying to get into wrestling. I watched that match and then the first blood match next, like, uh, like I it broke that tape. I mean, yeah, that was so good. The shit they do in WWE, or at least they used to, I don't know if they still do, is, is just incredible. They don't. But anyway. By the way, it's funny. You said old school, um, which is actually one of The Undertaker's moves, which makes me nervous that he does still. I wish he wouldn't do it. It's the one where he grabs the arm and climbs on the top rope. Oh, yeah. That was like one of his first like jumps big off moves. and hits the elbow. Yeah. yeah, it's called old school. He grabs a guy's arm and climbs a rope. What are you saying? No, he like, yeah, he uh, he like does the spin around the fake spin on the arm and the guy's all twisted and he climbs the term the turnbuckles mm. to the top rope and then he walks across the top yeah, rope. Yeah, he stands on the top ropes. He has an amazing balance. Seeing him do like the trick where he jumps over the top rope like the last 10 years of his career, it's brutal. Like he should not do that anymore. He could not jump as high as he used to. And it's it, it's bad. What's more impressive, Brett? Balancing on the top rope or swinging your vehicle from a rope bridge rope? Oh my God. You just reminded me. That was the dumbest. I still even know what happened. Like, did the, the car reach out and grab the rope or? It was all calculated, all very calculated by uh, Dom Toretto. See, the, the calculations, the math that he's doing in his head. They don't show you that, like, in images above his head. You, you assume he's doing the calculations mm-hmm. as he's driving. You just got to know at this point, Brett. What don't you understand? <laughs> it's, not that, it's not that it's, um, like, not believable, because obviously not believable. It's in this movie, but I'm just saying, I did, like, it's hard to, I don't know what happened. Like, did it catch in his wheel well, or? Yeah, it caught on the wheel, and it, like, gripped it, you know, and he, like, swung while it was holding it. Instead of like the frame of the car just like tearing off, his car is probably like reinforced with like adamantium. Like <laughs> Mithril. Uh, <laughs> yeah, something like that. Some kind of super metal. I could believe that. They got that from Mr. Nobody. I know the other guys when that rope broke. I know the gravity's the least powerful of the four forces, but like it's not that weak. I mean but I guess we'll get to that. Like, I mean, I, I got to be honest. This is going to be a fairly freeform discussion. <laughs> I, I saw this movie twice, I, I, including again Ooh. yesterday. Um, so I, I have a few. I have a few notes. I, I, I guess Corey, I do want to start with you though, as kind of the keeper of the lore. I, one of the main things, one of the main plot points, one of the main uses of the script is an extensive series of flashbacks about young Dom Toretto and his brother, uh, John Cena. Um, really quick. What did you think about those (laughs) flashbacks? They, they, they sort of recontextualize things that we had learned about Dom. I think even in the, the first fast and furious movie where he talks about being, being violent after his dad's crash. I had forgotten all about that, by the way. You did? Yeah. I was just, I'd forgotten about it. It's been a while. Okay. Good. So as like you're saying, Pat, the keeper of the lore, I guess if you want to call me that, I don't know if it's entirely accurate. I just picture you sitting on top of like a, a mountain of tires and we have to climb up to you and ask you for your sage wisdom advice about Fast yeah. and Furious. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in a lair, you know, like Dominic Toretto would be. Um, but... I really like love the callbacks in this movie. 
this movie, like, where it lacks in, like, um, I don't know, maybe, like, an interesting Logic. plot, <laughs> it makes up for in, like, fan service. Yeah. And, uh, I know there's a, a lot of different viewpoints of fan service on this podcast, but for me, as a Fast and Furious guy, I guess you can say that makes me sound really lame. Maybe I am. I don't know. Um, I, I like that callback in particular. And while those flashbacks were happening, I just couldn't help but think, like, when the DVD of this comes out, and I can get like a good version of it. I really want to make an edit of Dom telling the story from the first movie and then showing the actual flashbacks. Like you've probably seen that Obi-Wan video where he's, you know, from A New Hope when he's talking about how Anakin turned to the dark side and someone actually made an edit and it's pretty cool. I want to do something like that with Fast and the Furious. Um, but that's one bit of the uh, fan service that I, I quite like a lot, like seeing that full story. And it's very accurate to the way that Dominic Toretto describes it in the first Fast and the Furious movie. Less the inclusion of his brother, though, which has not come up at any other point in the series. Yeah, when he says he hit the guy with a wrench, uh, and he, he's like, I meant to stop hitting him, but before I knew it, you know, I couldn't lift my arms. But he never said, like, I took the wrench from my brother who was about <laughs> right. to hit him, and instead I started doing it. Mikey... How did you feel about John Cena in this movie? It's John Cena! <laughs> <laughs> Waving my hand uh, from my face. Uh, He's a weird looking dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, the thing is, Charlie's Theron makes a comment about his Nordic <laughs> features. Did you catch that line, Pap? Uh, yeah, Charlie Theron's basically like, hey, you're white and Vin Diesel's something you guys yeah. don't look like brothers i didn't realize that i didn't realize that toretto line had nordic nordic blood or something she says something like almost racist <laughs> are we to assume they have the same parents like like they're full brothers i i don't know the dad is very hispanic that's all i'm gonna say is the dad is very hispanic and which makes sense Vin Diesel, Hispanic guy. Uh, but Not really. John Cena, very white guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've seen it before. My my wife is uh, dark-skinned, and her sister is very white. So, like, you know, they have the same mom and dad. I've, I've seen it. You know, it's kind of uncommon. It's a little bit of a stretch, but I think it's the least of the stretches that you have to mentally do in this movie, you know? Mm -hmm. it, my favorite part, though, is, like, when we're seeing the flashbacks, it's... We're, we're told as an audience this is young John Cena and young Vin Diesel almost exclusively by their haircuts, which haven't changed at all. <laughs> Vin Diesel still has the same shed. And They've grown, he's grown a foot, but his haircut hasn't changed. <laughs> Literally the exact and same. And he's got the white V-neck. <laughs> Brett, did you like John Cena in this movie? I know you're not a big post-Attitude era wrestler guy. No, I've, wa I've watched, I mean, I probably watch, yeah, I've watched a decent amount of wrestling. I like John Cena, actually. Um, I think the biggest magic trick is that his mole moved from the middle of his forehead to uh, the side of his nose or whatever uh, as he gets older. But I actually liked him in this movie. I thought he was, uh, I mean, fits in pretty nicely with the types of actors there are. And he's actually always been a pretty decent uh, wrestling actor. Um, he always had some pretty good chops, so. Did you believe his acting when he was apologizing to China? <laughs> Thank you for bringing that <laughs> for, up. For calling Taiwan a country? <laughs> no, that's, embar that's embarrassing. Uh, <laughs> it him. is, right? It's really embarrassing. Sorry John Cena isn't up to date on his geopolitics. And <laughs> First of all, what if 
I mean, it is a country, but he didn't want to offend. Let's, let's actually not get into that. It's uh, it's it's disputable. Let's just put it that Listen, way. Listen, Spores is already banned in China, Brett. We have nothing to lose at this point. It's just house money. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Taiwan thinks they're a country. It's just China wants them. So, can you guys imagine Brett issuing an apology in Mandarin for something that we've said on this podcast? <laughs> yeah, that, that would, would be epic. To get that would pass the Great Firewall. No, I mean you guys would have to fire me. I'm not. I'm not gonna apologize for that crap. Uh, Brett, what about your boy Michael Rooker in this movie? <laughs> uh, nice. He had a nice little spot in this movie. I mean, I mean, he's, he's there. Like the Brian. He's Brian Cranston with long hair from the movie Drive. Kind yes, of. Yes, a thousand percent. <laughs> Except he doesn't get murdered really painfully. Yeah, he's okay. I mean, he's classic. He's good at. He's good at what he does. We got two Guardians of the Galaxy together in this movie. That's cool, right? Yeah. We got, uh, you know, Groot, Groot, Dom Toretto, Vin Diesel. I forget that he's Groot a lot of the times. I forget that he's, like, in the MCU. Like, this dude is on top of some fucking franchise. Don't forget Kurt Russell, Guardians as well. Correct. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Three. Three people from Guardians of the Galaxy 2 are in this movie. That's epic. I mean, Kurt Russell's like barely in it. I think he like filmed his scenes in his house or something like. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he was uh, on a green screen most of the time. He has his own green screen. The distress signal was shot on like an iPhone 10. You can just tell. (laughs) Is Kurt Russell actually going to be in this? It looked incredible though. The new camera on the iPhone 10. Yeah, it's like 916. It's like vertical. (laughs) I mean, speaking of callbacks or characters from previous movies, we got to talk about Han. And like I said, this has got to be an all over the place podcast. But one of the the biggest questions that we all had as soon as this trailer dropped, you know, right before the pandemic started in 2020, was how are they going to bring back Han? And we were all thinking potentially clone, potentially this is the bridge into the Furious Park crossover franchise. Um, but Mikey, it's really just kind of hand waved away. The, the way Han comes back. Yeah, uh, we still don't know uh, <laughs> because <laughs> what well, in Tokyo Drift is he's in the car and it blows up with him in it. But in this flashback, the what it looks like he crawls out or it looks like he's just standing with Mister Nobody. He's unscr- he's not scratched at all. He's he's a hologram, perfectly fine. That's what like it was. A, yeah, like a block away. Oh, yeah. was it? Oh. it? It's not shown very well, and it's definitely not said very clearly. They want to keep that like um, that vagueness, you know, because saying it was a hologram might be a little bit too much at this point. <laughs> but the idea is he's in the car, and then like there's a blink, and he's like not in there anymore. Like it was a projected image mm-hmm. from the you know sense. crazy government technology to- of Mister Nobody. Yeah, I was trying to think of the context in which he died as well, but isn't he just like? Aren't they just like running away from other drifters or something? It's not even like so <laughs> a terrorist organization or anything Hans, at that point. That scene just... is going to be a thing in every movie. They're just going to add to it right. like, every time. <laughs> because that's the Deckard scene. They they added onto that at the the was that six or five where they show Deckard cause yeah, that yeah. crash. Yeah, it'll be every two movies they change something else like. Like, like, actually, I really was in there, and that's why I'm burned. Oh, Decker! Oh my God, I forgot about that. Yeah, it was like a post-credit scene, right? Mm-hmm. It's literally the most important scene in Fast and Furious history. The apex of the universe, right there. So, my understanding, Corey, keep me honest, is that 
this weapon was always in play. Much like how in Star Wars canon, the Starkiller base was being built before the Death Star, this weapon existed before the God's Eye, which it ostensibly does the exact same thing, but Mr. Nobody had to keep track of both of these things at the same time. Is that your your understanding? I would not be surprised if Mr. Nobody had like the Ark of the Covenant from Indiana Jones. <laughs> There's so many super weapons, he doesn't know what the fuck to do with them, man. Uh, they all do the same thing, though. They all track <laughs> cell phones or hack into phones. Or... He's got the Cloak of Invisibility, the Shroud of Turin. <laughs> yeah. They uh, play off Middle America's warhead. sphere of technology is what they do. That's what it is. It reminds me of the Mission Impossible movies where, like, Whatever the super weapon is, I can never really remember it. I mean, since I'm pretty fresh on this movie, I know what it is. It, the Project Ares is what they call it, or just Ares sometimes. It's the thing that lets you hack into every uh, computer weapon system in the world. So you can just take over any weapons from any country, is what this one does. And then uh, in 7, it was like the ability to track anyone through like everyone's cell phones, Batman style, or some shit like that. Doesn't really matter. Uh, that, that is kind of a problem with these movies. It's like there's always this dumbass fucking thing. Like <laughs> they they do need to ride a different way for them to like have to save the world. I think you know. Hey, the thing about this MacGuffin is it comes in two pieces and it needs to be activated by a little Asian girl. Okay, <laughs> it's very specific in how it works. Go go. <laughs> yeah, it needs the specific DNA of this one. <laughs> One woman, uh, which, uh, I don't know, is the real MacGuffin of the whole movie. When she's captured and she has to, like, activate it, like, John Cena's like, all right, put your hand in it. And she just, like, does She's never like, I'll never do this. Like, And then, like, you know, <laughs> they threaten to shoot Han. <laughs> yeah, she, he just tosses it to her and she catches it. He's <laughs> he, like, okay, okay, turned on. How old's Han supposed to be in Tokyo Drift? Mm. Is he supposed to be in high school? Because he make it seem like he was way older than that. I don't I don't remember. I, I thought it. he was in his twenties, like okay. early twenties. Well, he looks like he's in his seventies in this movie. Yeah, what happened to Han? Did he just get off meth? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> it looks bad. Like his face just looks swollen. I mean, I, I, I'm glad he's in the movie. He's, but he just looked really old. I mean, he makes Shane Black or whatever look young. From Predator, Shane Lucas Black. He didn't look like that in the flashbacks. Well, some of the flashbacks were. Like footage from Fast and Furious, right? Like an actual scene with him and Gal Gadot talking about going to Tokyo. I, I think another one was using de aging technology, like the ones with him and Mr. Nobody. And, and if, you, if you notice, a lot of those scenes are obfuscated with some sort of like they're in the darkness or in the shadows type thing. But in terms mm. of de aging technology, I mean, this is as good as I've ever seen. To be honest, I, at yeah, no I point in my, at no point in my mind did I think that he's being de-aged in this scene. Uh, I don't know Robert De Niro and the Irishman meeting that beating that grocer up. It's pretty <laughs> oh good. One of the best. Um, <laughs> I mean, Brett, do you like Han in this movie? Yeah. Actually, I didn't. Well, I, I don't know if uh, I do or not because he's he's literally my favorite character from the franchise. But the hoops that we have to jump through for him to do to have a cool mid credit scene basically snipe a few people is that what he does i don't even i mean i'm sorry i watched a movie like two weeks ago um, no no you're good i just watched it last, i mean like that's it but isn't that a little bit telling though you can't think of what han does other than 
come back. He sets up a spinoff. Yeah. yeah. It's not going to be Hobbs and Shaw. It's going to be Han and Shaw. Incredible. It's going to be Han and Gogo, if, for sure. I mean, that I can't really. Cool too. I mean, I, I was happy that he was in it, but I guess you're right. I mean, he kind of just bleeds into everything else that's going on. It's so such a crazy movie. I, I do want to say this about uh, the action is. I felt like every action scene, I saw the whole movie in the trailer. I, I couldn't see, I couldn't remember one action scene in the movie that I didn't see like 90% of in the trailer. And I was like, wow, there is really not that much going on in this movie. I actually didn't watch the trailer. So I saw one trailer and the trailer I saw had a lot of the action from the first main set piece, which is in like the first 20 minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. So I didn't see a lot of the latest stuff. I saw, I remember little snippets, but... Um, mm-hmm. One surprise was going to space. I mean, I think we all... I mean, <sighs> surprise is, is borderline. It happens. It's not in the trailer. Everyone was joking about it for like, I don't know, a couple of years since the eighth movie, right? The next one, they're going to space, ain't they? Fuck yeah, they're going to space. That's why I called this the solo of Fast and Furious movies. It feels like there's so much fan service and callbacks, and this is literally... A meme of the franchise you know what i mean like it's it's literally been so long in the discourse that they're going to space i guess Corey, did you like the the gravity-esque smashing of the satellite <laughs> uh look i i was excited as hell when they went to space then they were just in space and i was like there's no lasers there's no like moonraker shit there's no like villain with metal teeth you know I think you got to do something in space, but unfortunately, I think they're kind of using that as a stepping stone, which is never really a good thing in a movie. You know, you don't want to see him do something for the next movie exclusively. I think that might be what it is, but I'll tell you this, dude, seeing them go up into space, that was like, oh yeah, this is it. They just, just eat the cheese, you know? (laughs) When I had heard they were going to be in space or like people joked, I definitely did not think of it that way. I thought they were going to be like on some big sh- battleship space cruiser like you'd see in fighting on the moon, something like that. <laughs> and then they would be driving in the hallways of that spaceship or something. And then, you know, Dom would drift and the other guy would miss and he'd go right outside into space and die. That's but. definitely <laughs> happening in the next movie. It's going to so. be like Brad Pitt and Ad Astra like drifting on Justin the moon. Justin Lin is writing all of this down. Like, yes. Yeah, this sounds good. Yeah. I, I don't know. It, the thing that bothered me about the space thing, too, I mean, I did like... Well, okay, let's talk about Lucas Black and Bow Wow. We're talking about people who didn't age well, Brett. How old how old is Bow Wow supposed <laughs> to be in Tokyo Drift compared to now? Like, he, yeah, he looks bad. He looks... I mean, he's, <laughs> he he's looks like his than, age. Like, I mean, I don't want to shit on the man. Like, he's about Corey's age, so. Well, did you like him in this movie, Brett Powell? <laughs> I actually, uh, him in particular, I don't know, but those three were really funny. They had a lot of the comic relief. I did like um, it. What, you didn't like it? No, I did like it. I'm with you. I liked it. Um, the stuff when they're, yeah, I thought they brought a lot of funny, uh, funniness to the movie uh, humor. So, I mean. That was just kind of pigeonholed in there. It was just really awkward to see him. Because we've at least seen Lucas Black before in another one. What is he in, like, two seconds of one of the movies? He's in a flashback in Isn't Seven, he? I believe. Yeah. 
Well, I don't know if it's, he called and said, I'm looking for somebody. Corey, help me out. So Lucas Black is in seven, right? Seven, okay. Han, in the beginning, like Han is dead. Dominic Toretto talks to Lucas Black, and Lucas Black was like, yeah, he was here with me. I can't believe he's gone. Uh, Down. You know, find the guy who did this. <laughs> he did a little Lucas Black there. You're like, I like the way you talk. <laughs> I like the way you talk. I like the way you talk. What do you guys think about his uh, loving embrace with with Han at the end of the movie? I thought that was nice. Yeah, it was. You know the 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 warmth at the end of a Fast and Furious movie. It's got to be there, right? It's it, <laughs> it, it, it's its own trope. <laughs> and Han's like immediate dismissal of like telling his story. It's a long story. Uh, let's not get into it. Let's just enjoy the moment right now. <laughs> I'm going to talk about it. He never really wants to talk about it because he's not <laughs> yeah. sure what happened yeah. himself. Uh, I don't know. I can't explain the car crash, guys. I just can't do it right now. Kurt Russell was there. I don't know. <laughs> I'm guessing we'll get to it and I'll save it. But like, we're going to Don't save it because we're all over the place. What does everyone think about them just kind of like... Should they just have killed off Brian at this yes. point? Yeah, you literally read my mind in my next note. I mean, they're... Obviously, they're not leaving the door open but because he's dead. But it's like, it's such a tease. And I thought that was kind of a, almost a cruel trick to do at the end. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. I mean, it's like... It's like they're trying to trick us. Like, we guys, we know he's dead. We, I mean... Well, let me be as generous as humanly possible to this I, the most generous interpretation would be this is the the film the team the writer's way of saying you know he's gone but not forgotten right that he's still he's still with us in our hearts yada 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 bullshit whatever what needs to end mia needs to fucking go away like Dude, and i, and I since get when did she become a kung fu star She's a like, kung fu that, that star. Was enough. She can hack into police archives. She hacks into a, another point. Like she's in the car with Ramsey, and there's some feed, and she's like, "I think I can hack it," and starts tapping away. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> and all of this is in the pretense of like Brian is home watching the kids, which yeah, is stupid. fine. Which is fine if you want to do some like fucking gender reversal of the roles. Hey, but girl power. One. Brian is a trained FBI agent and is literally <laughs> literally equipped professionally and equipment-wise to, to deal with these situations. Two, the film, the franchise, the saga has gone out of its way over and over and over and over and over again to explain like how close these people are and to have the fact that like maybe Brian's back watching Dom's kid too. I think that might be part of a throwaway line, but it... It really rubs me the wrong way, and I get, I get that you probably have to bring back Mia to some extent if you're gonna say that this is Dom's brother because the three of them are siblings. But Corey, I don't know, man. This it that really fucking bugs me. As awesome as Brian is at being an FBI agent, spy, badass, he's even better with kids. Like this guy is amazing with children. I want to like, see that movie. I want to see that's that version of the Pacifier. That Pacifier too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I agree that Mia, like being the level of um, professional spy as she is in this movie, is a little bit unearned, maybe a lot unearned. But she does need to be involved. She is like, 
she is one of the family, right? So we have our heroes, which are the family, the team, whatever you want to call them. And she is one of them. But yeah, uh, she's she's doing a little bit much, more than she probably could do. But I don't know, maybe when she was working at that sandwich shop, making those tuna sandwiches with no crust, she was like reading up on fucking hacking and spy books, you know? Yeah, you know, here's the thing. I, I get that it's 2021 and you want empowerment and everything like that but it wouldn't have been the end of the world to have her be in these crazy situations and do what they used to do somewhat in the past you know she's dodging crazy things like getting out of the way you know helping out some other way and just it's just kind of like a you know oh look out this is in the way you duck you kind of move you hide behind someone you know you maybe grab a this is really uh cliche but you grab a vase or something and come up behind someone and hit it. But, Save the vase, yeah. But like she you gets already have the McDonald's. A, when when they're done, they all eat the McDonald's. You already have like a Mount Rushmore female action star in this movie. Mm-hmm. You don't need to shoehorn Mia in to be some like she's like I can't remember. She's like beating up some legit tough guys in this movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. super trained. I don't remember what they were, but like come on. It was in uh, like Han's like apartment. She's like, you know, Hitting them with pots and pans, doing karate, you know. She's and they're like assassins. They're like they're like highly trained assassins. Come on, no, nobody has any. There's no power levels. There's no stats of any characters in this movie. Everyone's just maxed out on everything all the time. But I will say, I like the evolution of Ramsey in this series. I feel like if you're actually watching from scene to scene. Ramsey does so much of the heavy lifting of like the exposition and setting the stage. And I thought her stuff with like the driving was really funny in this, um, yes. like not knowing how to drive. But what, what doesn't work for me and, what, and I think is, is arguably potentially a series all time low is the Tej Roman Ramsey comedy hour dynamic that grinds the film to a halt twice once to just straight up bully Roman, like like use electromagnets to take his food away from him and laugh and call I know, him. A he's dumbass. hungry. I'm hungry. Yeah, <laughs> the solo, the solo franchise, the solo of this franchise. I had to get the, the we hungry in there. But then another time to call him a dumbass when Roman's saying like the most like coherent thing he said in the entire series that like about being invincible we shouldn't be alive and it's like yeah you a bitch <laughs> and they both just like laugh at him and point it's like i did did that bother anyone else i hated those scenes they're so painfully unfunny okay pap this is where i am so confused on where this franchise is going or wants to go because I had no idea what these like meta comments Roman was saying about the movie were. He, 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 his first scene that he like kind of realizes something is strange or off is like he's surrounded by bad guys and he's shooting everybody with an automatic weapon. And then he has a bulletproof vest that's like filled with holes, bullet holes. And he's like, what the fuck is going on? And he throws that vest at him and he's like, are we invincible or something? Like, what the fuck is going on? And I'm like, okay, do they now realize that they're in a movie and there are no consequences in this yeah. universe? Like, what is what is happening? Are we breaking a fourth wall? They do. It's going to be Deadpool the next movie. They're going to be like trying to escape the fact that they're action stars. And that's never explained again. They never explain like how 
how is he alive? Because there's definitely a shit ton of bullet holes in that vest. He, right, but I have a question. I, I don't remember thinking it was a bulletproof vest. I thought it was just like the vest he was wearing. Because I can tell you right now, um, there's a little bit of information for everybody who didn't ask. Uh, bulletproof vests do not stop AK-47, AK-74 rounds. They would go through that like a piece of plastic. So... They go through bone yeah. like butter. I mean, like butter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even if it was a bulletproof vest and those guys were hitting it, he'd be dead. For sure. That, yeah, that was my point. Like, so I thought he was just kind of showing his vest and that it was barely hitting the cloth or whatever. But I, I don't know. I, again, it was almost two weeks ago, so I could be wrong. This could be like this. They could really go ridiculous with this. And I don't know if they will. <laughs> could. But this could be like Umbrella Academy shit where like it turns out all of these individuals were born with like special powers or they're mutants or they're actually androids that you know mr nobody who was an android himself created a long time ago and it was their fate to like meet each other and do these like incredible things now that's getting like really ridiculous and comic booky but like where else can they really go if they're not going to get like more into the meta-ness like this with like seven eight and nine they can't get any more actiony right like they like they've done it all. They'll never do this in a thousand million years, and, and it, apparently there's only going to be one more film of this iteration of the saga. Whatever a that two parter though, right? I, I probably, I'm sure. That's what I heard. But like, if I could have one wish, I wish they would find a way to make it small again. And that's that's obviously the cat's out of the bag there. But if they could somehow literally tie it into street racing race wars again. have have dom race wars uh cypher and his brother and we'll figure out what race they actually are and then they'll <laughs> fight then that would be compelling i just you're right i don't know if we're gonna have two more movies how much bigger can we go how much more over the top can we go save for crashing on jurassic park I do see a possible spinoff, by the way. I see a possible podcast on that possible spinoff. But that, that was a very Jurassic Park-esque scene when Roman's car is like dangling over the landmine and it's starting to slip. And then it blows up and it just literally straight up like lands on top of him as far as we can see in the audience. And then he just walks mm -hmm. around back of it. Yeah, he's a Bugs Bunny character. Yeah. Um... What's your possible spinoff that you see, Brett? Uh, I could see a movie series with Roman, Tej, and Ramsey. I mean, it would be pretty lucrative. It's, I'm not saying it'd be good. Uh, you know, three <laughs> uh, three black leads would be huge. I mean, it'd be awesome. Um, and like, I mean, Pappy, it's like Pappy's worst nightmare. Imagine two hours of that, those quippy, douchey. And then, I mean, Roman literally... I like Tyrese Gibson, but what's the movie where they call him out for screaming all the time? Is that eight? <laughs> he literally screams. He's always yelling. I last couple of notes that I have here, um, and then we'll open up to anything you guys had. the The level of destruction, and I think it's um, death. You mean death in Glasgow? I think right with the electro. Yeah, they, so many people died. It had to have. And it's weird because. They go out of their way to show us the inside of one of the stores where 
huge appliances and glass and metal are somehow like curving the bullet. What was that movie like? Wanted with Angelina Jolie with mm-hmm. a bullet. That's around. it. Yeah. The, the, these things are literally curving around the people. It's like, oh look, nobody dies. But then they're driving down the street and we see that like times twenty stores. And it's like, oh, hundreds are dead. At it's this just point. like for four or five or whatever when they're dragging the uh, safe and like they make a point to show it going into a building and not killing anybody. But then it goes into like nine other buildings and you're like, well, they killed some people there. So all those people are dead. And it's like, I, I, Corey, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, we, the franchise doesn't play that like fast and loose, you know, DC, DC level of violence, like uh, collateral damage. They're usually pretty careful, save outside of like dragging a safe around Rio or something like that, right? They're usually not just killing random people. Uh, they have a pretty high body count. You're right. And I don't think about that when I'm watching these, but that's another angle to take the franchise maybe. Uh, maybe the next one, it'll be like Civil War, you know, like the the government's going to like step in and be like, all right, you guys have killed enough innocent people. Like, you're not allowed to do this. Yeah, stop taking, yeah. killing people. Taking you guys off the books. <laughs> and then like, they're like, you know, they're hated by the people and they're in the news and stuff like that. And they're on the run. I don't know. The Could Toronto Accords. The Corona Accords. There we go. That's better. <laughs> um... <laughs> I hated Helen Mirren in this movie. I know it's not her first appearance in the franchise, but having her drive around felt like it was trying to appeal to someone who's already not going to be watching these movies to begin with. Again, like Brett, to your point, we have a plethora of badass women. Do we does Helen Mirren need to be driving a car like this? Another callback, right? From eight or Hobbs and Shaw. I forget which one she drives. And well, I just mean like her appearance in this. Like there's a lot of things that happen in this movie that it's like, oh, I've seen the other movie, so I know that. And th- like yeah. I said, this movie does that more so than any of them. But yeah, so you mean like appeal to people that aren't going to be watching this like boomers? Like they're, oh, it's Helen Mirren. Oh, Helen Mirren. Mirren, look at her. Gotta, gotta go see Fast 9. The thing is, this is the one scene where Vin Diesel wasn't like the most boring person in the room. He was like, he looked like he was into hanging out with Helen Mirren. He looked like he was in having, having a fun time. No, I agree. He, he was like more chipper with her than he was with like anyone. You know, yeah, with just, his family. It's adopted family. This is my, this is my last note, but it's a note in terms of critical commentary. It's time to get Vin Diesel out of this franchise. Like what, <laughs> what this franchise is trying to be is totally inhibited by the quote gravitas, the seriousness, the drama that Vin Diesel and his stoic performance brings to it. He's just constantly bringing down the tone and I'm tired of having like, I don't know. He, he doesn't even want to go on the adventure at the beginning. Right. And he, and he finds like, he literally like, Enhance, 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 and connects three blurry gray dots on a screen and makes a cross and determines it's his brother. That's the only reason why he's there to begin with. I'm I'm done with Finn in this franchise, personally. You've been saying that since the first one. Yeah, he sucks. He's a bad actor. (laughs) He's incredible in the first one. Shut up. Uh, (laughs) But I agree. His vibes are off. But his vibes are also kind of like the tone of the franchise of being just a big, dumb idiot who drives a car and is way too serious for what he needs to be for the scene. But I mean, that's that's all that I had. Like I said, it's going to be a very scattered 
podcast. Anything that I've missed? Anything that stood out to you guys from the movie? Or, or just general points of discussion for where we stand as a franchise? Yeah. What do you guys think of the magnet action scene? I liked it. I think it was cool. I mean, it looked cool, but like, wouldn't their car like peel? Yeah, wouldn't the car from the like implode out? or yeah, <laughs> collapse on itself? <laughs> the whole thing was made of metal, so I don't know. I don't understand how that works. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Is it weird? Is it weird that we have not? I don't think we've mentioned Academy Award-winning actress Charlie Theron because she's so like non-important in this movie. Well, she's stuck in a box for ninety percent of it. That's true. She's the first good villain, I feel like, or like memorable villain, and so she's just got to kind of lurk in the background as a big bad, right? Yeah. That blonde guy, totally forgettable. Useless. I don't even know. Yeah, like I, why? When I first saw him, I was like, "This guy's going to be in it for like six minutes." Yeah. He's the financier. That's all he is. And like every time there was a scene with John Cena, he was in it. I was like, "Oh my gosh, they're they're riding with this guy." I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I didn't think he'd be in it as much either. He got a lot of screen time. His name's Otto, I think. Yeah, He's Otto. Like the, don't. Um, I'm not pronouncing his last name. If you guys have seen the um, James Bond movie, Die Another Day, the last Brosnan movie, he's like Gustav Graves. Like it's to me, it seems like someone like watched that and was like, all right, I'm going to try to make that character, but a little bit better. Um, He's a fucking ridiculous. But you know what? Huge Star Wars fan. So I like him for that. I really liked him in the TV show. Mm. Oh, my God. He's so good in that. Oh, classic. Yeah, Yeah, just. (laughs) What's stuff. your favorite scene from that show, Brett? Oh, probably the one where they go, oh, guten tag. I'm just kidding. That's German. I don't know. <laughs> they have to go clean their lederhosen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're like, and they like to start saying all this racial stuff towards the Swedes. I mean, they freaking hate the Swedes, man. You know, I didn't think you had really seen that show, but you proved me wrong. I'm sorry for... Yeah, they're like, yeah, oh, we any. own Iceland. Oh, wait, crap. We have, a, we, have, we have a Norwegian... Yeah, Norway hates De- Denmark, dude. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Matt Troll just shut off this podcast in anger. I will say about the electromagnets, Kylo, that's good Fast and Furious. And I've been very consistent about this. I feel like good Fast and Furious is creative spectacle. I even like the fucking car Tarzaning from the rope. Frankly, I feel like that's yeah. at least... <laughs> An interesting idea. Why did you didn't you dislike going from building to building? No, I liked that. I, okay. I literally so said you that's like the, good. You like, okay, yeah, you're right. You like the spectacle, and and I know it was like your first one, but do you remember in eight when they start driving all the cars by themselves and they start flying out of? I did like I love that. And stuff. I did like I did say I like that scene. Okay, yeah, um, that's that's some good shit right there. There is a creativity to something. Like that, right? Like, I, like someone looked at a fucking rope bridge and was like, what if Vin Diesel's car swung <laughs> off that? And they kind of like laughed and then they wrote it into a movie. That's great. But like, it's the laziness and the reductiveness of every other part of the story that drives me crazy. The same generic bad guy, the same generic call to action, the same like last minute saves of, hey, we've kind of lost track of one of the family. They're going to come in, ramping up over their car and like save the day. It's literally, everything else is the exact same every single time. I like how you said, like, they looked at a bridge and they said, what if like Vin Diesel, you know, rode his car through that and like swung on it? I think there's, I think some of the riding decisions are like that, Pappy. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sure someone said, like, 
What's the craziest fucking cameo we can have in this movie? And I know like, what's is. the craziest thing you could think of? And they're like, I don't know, Cardi B is an Interpol agent. Oh, that took me out of the movie. I knew <laughs> she was oh going to be in it. Or Francis Naganu, if you know who that is. Um, real quick, Corey, or maybe even Pappy, would this have been your favorite movie of all time if he's driving towards that bridge and Letty goes, Are you crazy? And then out of the back seat, short round pops up and goes, He no nuts, he crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been yes it would have just moved it, right it up been like okay it's uh fast and furious it's, or or it could have been han but that would have been a little too on the nose there it could have been han <laughs> <laughs> okay. sorry uh, i don't remember no, what sorry I was speaking of han i did have another note actually i lied the way mia and letty identify where Han is living, and, and keep me honest here, they happen in in the biggest city, the biggest metropolitan, the biggest mega city in the world. They're eating at a restaurant, and they see a Mexican flag, and that is reminiscent of when Han said, Look, "Pappy, they're not exactly Batman and Robin, are they?" I, I, I can barely get the sentence out, and that's when they said. <laughs> Tokyo, I guess literally they see a Mexican flag and they know that's Han. That that's why, right? Like, uh, yeah, it was kind of yeah. Dumb. That's the dumb worst as, thing in the world. That's it's literally as dumb as Dom seeing the three no. points and being like, "That's my brother Jacob." Mm, it's dumber. You're right. It, they're both pretty dumb. Th- I mean, this might this might literally be like one of my least favorite points. It's just like they're not even. It's just so lazy. You can't. You cannot be any more lazy. And it's two and a half hours, man. Add a five-minute scene where they have to cert- track somebody down. Well, and that's that's why I say this is like the solo of this franchise because it's 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 lazy in the sense that Justin Lin just rewatched all eight movies. You know what I mean? Like like literally, like literally, like he probably before he, he writes one two rails. <laughs> watched all nine of them in a row. Does a couple rails, smokes a big fat joint, and just writes down like little things, like little seeds that he didn't even know he sowed to like reap later. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, Han said Tokyo's is Mexico once. Okay, let's exploit that as a major plot point in this movie. It's it's dumb. Well, first of all, you're just assuming that Justin Lin had this plan to write nine of them and interweave them with some long-term no, plan. No, I'm literally saying he didn't have the plan. I'm saying that he goes back and harvests every word that he can to make sense of this godforsaken mess. Like, <laughs> and everything that's not explained is just hand-waved away. Like, oh, don't don't think... Don't, just turn your brain off. Don't think about that. I'll take a lot of ridiculous in the Fast and Furious movies, especially with, like, physics and action. Yes. Like, I think we all, like, accept that, you know, to some level. I like it. At this point, like, when someone is falling and Dom Toretto, like, peels out and they land on the hood of his car and that means they're okay, like, that's, now we just accept that. That's like, something that's thing. Brittany brings up all the time, like, in movies where, like, like in Batman or Dark Knight where it's like, oh, they fell in a car, they're okay. <laughs> so we've probably yeah. seen that three or four times in, like... It happens in what seven? I mean, it starts in like six or whatever. They fall out of a building and they fall on a car. It's like, oh, whoa! I know the car gives, but it doesn't give that much. Dom Toretto can roll his car fifty times off a cliff, but if it ends up on its wheels at the end of that rolling mess, he's okay. Still alive. Still alive. And, and in this movie, 
at least in the seven, you guys were like, oh, they mentioned that they, they extra reinforced his car with armor. So therefore, it makes sense that he could just drive off a cliff. Here, he's literally just flipping off cliffs and rolling. Well, now he has experience, Pappy. Oh, yeah, God. he's I mean, done that before. Yeah, you're right. Plus, he fell off. He fell off this thing in the water with rocks and crap that everyone else died from. Well, he did pull down the foundation of a whole building. <laughs> he can so. pull down the foundation. <laughs> He's pretty strong. That is a, the power of family. Like, just summed up <laughs> in one scene right there. True. That's what Dom has that no one else has, you know? that That's amazing, the fact that he just pulled those chains down and the whole fucking thing, like, fell. Mm-hmm. And then he, like, went into, like, the spirit world, like, Young Gun style. <laughs> well, don't forget that he snaps that guy's back on the railing before he falls into the water that was awesome definite bane moment yeah similar kind of setup to incredible environment yeah his his power level is just great on 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 par with thanos what do you guys think of uh cypher's haircut you think she got out of a bad relationship (laughs) recently want to change things up uh i think she needed a bigger bowl for that bowl cut she just like heard about 2012 miley cyrus and got on board It's, it's so weird I think the hottest she ever was was in the movie where she wore a wig. So I guess if she could pull it off. But yeah, that was definitely not my favorite. Reindeer uh, Games? No, uh, the one she wore a wig was uh, Million Ways to Die in the West. Oh, okay. She's literally just on Mad Max. I will say, though, that the fact that she's flying a drone did trick me. And I thought it was a, a bit of cleverness. Definitely. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, cool. I mean, obviously they're going to want to keep her, but mm-hmm. I was like, at least they had the balls to kill her. Which they didn't. But in that moment, I was <laughs> tricked <laughs> yeah. by it. I, <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. I was like, okay, good good on you, Fast. Yeah. But also, when it explodes, I was like, oh, she died? And then I immediately thought like, oh, well, how are they going to bring her back to life? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it was like, a hologram. Man. Yeah. Um, that's literally all I had. Any other final thoughts? From you guys? Do you guys know of any other like big movie franchises where all the heroes are all people of color? Um, Friday. Is Paul Walker <laughs> not a hero to you? Paul Walker is <laughs> gone, my friend. <laughs> not a moment of screen time. <laughs> and I mean, Vin Diesel doesn't really have any proof that he's a person of color. He looks Italian to me. Did but... you see young Vin Diesel in this movie? He clearly is a person of color. The... <laughs> true, true, true. Uh, I, I, it's just something that kind of like I, it was a question that I raised to myself the last time I watched it. I never really thought about it or realized it, um, but I mean, it's it, it is right. I mean, that's a. I mean, I don't know of any others. It's that, Jordana Brewster. I just thought she was tan. Oh, that, okay. You might be right about her, <laughs> but I, I mean, it is like that's cool it, though. You're right. It's a diverse cast, but it's. Um, how do I want to? What word do I want to use? It's not for. It doesn't feel forced, right? Like there's never, like that moment. And I always come back to an Endgame where they're going to show all of the the girl heroes being girl bosses together, in one shot. It, it everything that's like the way the family has come together. I can't believe I'm going to use this word, but it's felt relatively organically, right? Like I never questioned why yeah. these people are, are hanging out. This makes sense. You're right. By the way, she's uh, at minimum half Brazilian. So, I mean, it probably translates to a lot of this franchise's success, right? For sure. Across oh, demographics and people. Brett, you have any final thoughts? Uh, my prediction for the next movie is Cypher kidnaps Jacob and the family's got to go get the family back. 
That's my prediction for the next movie. She's already kidnapped someone related to Dom, though. But that didn't go well for her. Oh, I mean, we, that... we haven't talked about Eastwood. I thought he got funnier <laughs> as the movie went on. Who? Scott Who Eastwood? Eastwood's kid? Or is that eight? That's eight. Oh, my gosh. I, I, I literally <laughs> watched them back to back. My bad. My bad. My bad. Yeah, they were trying to make him be a thing, and I was wondering if he was going to be here, but nope. nope. Then again, Kurt Russell's not here. Uh, I was going to ask Stevie if he was on. What are his theories about what happened with Mr. Nobody? <laughs> Mr. Nobody uh, uh, was uh, currently vacationing uh, and was too busy to get to set for F9. He's busy doing Christmas Chronicles too. Yeah. My prediction for Fast 10 and for doing that is I think of two. I hope they bring back Gal Gadot. Um, I'll, so I'll predict that. And I think that Mr. Nobody is actually going to be a bad guy. And I think that the franchise will end up with our heroes being kind of outside of the law, similar to the note they end on in 5, where they're, they get one more job over on the government or something. Or I mean, it, they do this every movie where they have to go back and forth. But they, they will end as fugitives of the United States government, but in a safe, happy place together as as family or something. Will hmm. Will Dwayne Johnson be in the movie? Yes, I think they're gonna try and pull out all the stops. I think they want to get. You think that in. you think he'd work with Dom or with? <laughs> I think Vin he Diesel would again? work with Vin Diesel. I don't think Vin Diesel wants to work with him, but. Well. Oh, okay. So I but guess we should mention this too. Like there were comments that came out recently that Vin Diesel said, "quote He needed to the the rocks part and not not a direct quote. The, the rocks part like wasn't up to snuff, so he had to like show him tough love to get him right for the Fast and Furious franchise." Cracked me up because Dwayne Johnson's a far superior actor to, than Vin Diesel. Yeah, he is. He's a, literally the biggest movie star in the world. Yeah. Compared to- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this movie is, in my opinion, lacking in. Um, some characters that I like because I mean you guys like Han a lot I never really liked Han that much I don't like Tokyo Drift you uh, just I mean, don't like cool. you don't like Asian people I am Asian I know I'm joking <laughs> <laughs> but I I liked Brian a lot Me and too. I know that's kind of an unpopular opinion but he's like love him to me, he's like the goofy guy that they let kind of be cool, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, he's kind of stupid, right? And he's like, he thinks he's cool, and they're just like, all right, you can, you can hang out with us. You're I really almost good had enough. you, man. I almost had yeah, you. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's the, like, I feel like maybe they made a mistake with that line because it's become kind of a meme, and it, like, it made him kind of a joke in the first movie, and he just always, yeah, that was always really kind earnest. of in the back of your mind, like, him going, oh, I almost had you, like, yeah, <laughs> he like could never really live that down, no matter how tough they made him, in my opinion. So I, I liked Brian a lot, and then I also liked The Rock a lot. Like The Rock's presence in these yeah. movies is something that I often looked forward to. Um, as soon as it was like in the trailer of Fast Five, and that was a good trailer too, by the way. But so like those two guys being gone to me takes away a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. I'll say this too. Now that we're talking about Brian, and I'll I'll segue this into my my yes or no but now that we're talking about brian to to end on the car thing Mm. when you know you're gonna have at least one maybe two more right sequels it's pretty tasteless right i mean like save that for the last one exactly yeah we're putting him out there in the ether Mm -hmm. now it's like okay what do you how are you gonna incorporate him later because clearly 
you're going to feel the need to. And if you're ending the franchise and Brian's not included in some way, you've already done the like overt montage to him. You've done the quasi his car driving up thing. I don't, I don't know like how you would incorporate him. But this time Brian's only in the car. You never see his face. <laughs> Level 10 tint. <laughs> well, I could totally see them doing a, a Mr. Nobody thing in the last movie or two. Oh. Like using his brothers to do some... I mean, he could help remotely from somewhere i mean i don't know you know know, and i think that's why they showed off like well they didn't like show off the the facial tech or whatever on han or whatever but i don't know man it really does seem like they are trying to do something with brian and put him back on screen is what that last scene felt like and the whole honestly the whole thing with roman really kind of like sealed that deal for me is like is this a meta thing now and what are we doing with brian here now like this it just sent a really weird uh like vibe to the whole movie for me personally it was really weird for me plus i mean let's we talked about it in fast seven like he looked amazing in that movie especially knowing that he like literally almost wasn't in it and they used the rotoscoping think about when this next movie will come out in 2023 or 24, that's 11 year, 11, 12 years later. Like the technology could be insane by then. Like we could literally have a hologram and walking around. Now, would that be the right thing to do? I don't know. They're not going to listen to what I think. So I'm just saying they could look amazing. Uh, so maybe keeping him alive is might pay off. I don't know. I'm curious, Corey, if, if in seven months, eight months, uh, we see a note that production started on Fear- the last Fresh- Fast and the Furious franchise. It's going to be a two-parter. They're filming it all at once. And the announcement comes out that Brian O'Connor will be in the movie. What would your reaction to that be? Uh, I don't know. That's all about execution to me. Like, you know, like... But to- your initial gut reaction, the press release, Brian O'Connor will be in it. Are you excited or are you anxious or angry? Or uh, I'm thinking about it right now. Like, I'm thinking of like... If I see like the trailer and we see the back of him and Dom's like, Brian, welcome home. Dude, I was thinking the same thing, but have him, Dom turn around and like have a serious face and then smile. And then you hear, dude, I almost had you. And then like, (laughs) the thing is, you know, it would be like (laughs) so cathartic for Vin Diesel. Like, you know that he would love it and he would totally be down to do that or something. Yeah. I mean, he'd like it a lot more than me. I don't know. I I, it's, I don't have a feeling like like to, I, it's like a, a cautiously optimistic thing. It's like okay, if if that's good, if they make it work in the movie, and you can kind of like make anything work in the movie with the right amount of writing. I think if they do it right, cool. If it's like stupid, then I mean, my thought is like oh, like they'll CGI his face, and then he'll get shot. And then that, that'll be like the revenge story of that movie. But that is like the easiest way out, right? And I say that because that's my first instinct. Therefore, it's definitely not the right thing to do. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I'm like, at this point, like you have, have to have a lot of balls to do that at this point. Yeah, killing him on screen, that'd be kind of weird. If you know you're going out, though, it would generate so much free press and interest for the movie, right? Like... One, just the meta commentary that we're having exactly right now. People having the philosophical discussion. Is this right? Is this wrong? Leading up to the film's release, which would generate a ton of buzz for it. And then two, a ton of morbid curiosity, similar to what happened with 
F7 and like how are they going to handle this, right? Like people are going to want to come out and see is this done in a tasteful way? And and I think that I could it would it take balls, yes, but would they have anything to lose at that point if it really is the end of this phase of the saga? They're not not really. So, I'm sure I'll give that movie a no, but I'm going to give uh F9 a soft no. Um oh. today I I've only given one of these. I, I, I still think there's really only one good movie in this franchise. I will say, to this film's credit, does not feel its length. I know we, we initially falsely reported that this is going to be a three-and-a-half-hour movie or something. Only two, two-and-a-half hours doesn't doesn't feel like it, but I, I don't like the, like I said, the reductiveness of the franchise. It feels like the greatest hits. It feels like... Justin Lin returned to the franchise, watched all seven movies, wrote down on a piece of paper what he thought made him great, what he thought could be potential Easter eggs that he could exploit for nostalgia, and that's basically what we get here. I, I'm excited for the franchise to end. I, I hope we maybe do a movie review on this someday, more in depth, so we can get Stevie and Josh's thoughts as well. Um, but just a soft no, I, I don't recommend the series of films. <laughs> I mean, real quick, Pappy, since you finished, if anyone has say on the Fast franchise, is it not Justin Lin? Or, I mean, maybe Vin Diesel is up there too, but like, he directed like five of these movies. <laughs> yeah, he does. But yeah. he also transformed them, right? Like, pretty pretty significantly into what they mm-hmm. are now. Um he definitely owns what the franchise is today. And I guess, yeah, if he wants to to, to mine the original The Fast and the Furious for one line about Don beating up a guy at some point and, and make that into a major plot point, good good on him, I guess. That's why they call him Han Solo. But Now uh, I'm going to be wondering, like, which random lines from the first movie are going to get turned into, like, a huge plot point. <laughs> tuna with no crust? I was going to say tuna sandwich, yeah. <laughs> You're like, following the crust where it goes, and the crust <laughs> goes in the trash can and chokes on a bird. That's going to be the clue that leads to Brian. They're going to see, like, a half-eaten tuna sandwich <laughs> no! with no crust. <laughs> no. All right, Brett, what, what do you give F9? Yeah, uh, I... I'll give this a yes. I mean, I'd, I'd say it's actually kind of a solid yes. And actually, thinking back to F7... Um, if I would have watched F, uh, Fast 8 and 8 and 9, whatever you want to call them, they're stupid names. Fate. I might have given, I might have given yeah, uh, 7 a no just because 8 and 9 are like exactly what I was kind of looking for. I think 8 might have been my favorite actually. And then watching 9 the next day, just, I mean, again, obviously I kind of combined them together. I kept waiting. I was like, why aren't we talking about Tormund? Um, well, I was talking about I, the baby scene. That's great. Right. So, uh, but yeah, this is a yes for me. It was fun to be back in the theater. Um, our theater ran out of popcorn butter. I mean, what the mm. uh, crap? But it's actually pretty good without it, though. But um, yeah, I'd say uh, yes. And I, I enjoyed this and it's ridiculous. But, you know, I, I'm kind of bought in. I never wanted to be the guy that watched these movies. And now I've seen every single one of them except for Too Fast and Hobbs and Shaw. So. Those are next on my list. Um, real quick, Mikey, before you go, yesterday I saw this movie alone and ate an entire large popcorn oh. alone during the film. Nice. That's where I'm at. <laughs> Mikey, go ahead. Uh, well. I don't have friends. I got family. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> Enough said. I don't know, guys. I think I gotta give this like a soft no. <laughs> I, oh dude, wow! I, Thank for, you, God. For me, the tone of this one just felt so different compared to like even the last two. Like even music-wise, there's no like fucking shot 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 like there's no stingers going from that to the next scene of like girls shaking their asses and thongs or whatever going from scene to scene and i I don't know it just felt like a totally not that i need that in this movie it's just that they seem to have done something where they wanted to make it into like i don't know roman's comments making it meta almost it's like are they trying to break the fourth wall for this next movie what are they trying to set up? I don't know if they even have an idea of what they're trying to do or what, but for me, it just put a weird tone to the movie for me, and I could never really get into it. Plus, I had seen like all of the action scenes in the trailer. Like, if you see the trailer, you've seen like this whole movie. There's nothing else of note that you really got to see. It's just so dumb and ridiculous but was there no spanish rap songs there was like a spanish ballad talking about familia i don't Ooh, know man, <laughs> I just caught the, that without word the spanish verses dropping yeah i'm with mikey a little bit on that the thing is there's like some music but it's more like pink panther spy creeping around music like i don't know it was very weird when he's like driving around england with helen mirren and stuff like there's no there's like no attitude to the series or whatever. It's like they really like kind of clipped the wings of what it felt like in the beginning. It's definitely not like Street Racer or anything anymore. It's just like action hero. Are we now Marvel Deadpool type characters? I don't know. It was weird to me. So I give it a soft now. Love to hear it. Uh, last but not least, the keeper of keys and lore of the Fast and, F- Fast and Furious franchise and the owner of Big Dumb Movie, which... Hopefully we'll have a spoilers crossover to talk some heavyweights relatively soon. We're all looking forward oh, to that. Oh, hell yeah. But Corey, uh, what do you give the latest installment of the Fast Saga? Mikey was talking about street racing. And a uh, quick thing that we didn't talk about, because there's not a whole lot to it, but I really liked seeing the 90s street race. Just seeing like all the characters like in their 90s clothes was like exceptionally funny to me. You know, I'm a guy that loves the 90s, and uh, I think that was very fitting. You know, before Dom was like the king of the local street races in LA um, when he just got out of jail. But my rating is gonna be a soft yes. I don't think this is like one of the upper echelon of the franchise. Uh, it's nowhere near five, which is just like amazing. Even when I see people talk shit online, I like to comment and say, five is good though, isn't it? And they'll be like, yeah, that one's pretty good. It's like, ah, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> but this movie, I, I mentioned earlier, it's lacking some of the characters I like. Set that aside completely. It's a it's a little samey with the plot, you know? And uh, I think at this point, the plot needs to be something different. Now, I I don't know if it has to be necessarily something crazier. Like, does it have to be dinosaurs? Does it have to be a a space moon base? Uh, I don't know. You know, Pappy suggested that, you know, they could go smaller stakes, something more personal. That's cool, too. Uh, But the spectacle of this is pretty well executed. They did some new things. They they had the magnet scene. Um, They did finally do the space thing, but... 
Uh, like overall, like it, there wasn't enough moments where I was like, "Oh my god, this is fucking awesome!" for me to give it the hard yes. But it, it had some like, "Okay, that's cool," and uh, that's kind of like what my rating is for this. It's like, okay, yeah, but it's it's not in my my higher level of Fast and Furious movies list, which I don't have an official ranking for. So don't you dare ask, Pappy. But yeah, soft <laughs> yes. When you said Charlie Theron was the first good villain, I mean, I know Seven wasn't a great movie, but I thought Jason Statham was pretty awesome as a villain. I like Jason Statham. I think that was like Pappy's take, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah sorry. I, I was talking to Pappy. My bad. I should have said that better. Like, true villain, right? Because he... Now he's a friend. Lead. That's true, I guess. Now he's family. Ends up becoming a family. I mean, they're definitely going to... All the villains are going to help the team defeat the big bad in the last movie, right? I, yeah. I hope so. That's what I'm hoping. Like, bring back Gal Gadot. Bring back The Rock. I want to see everybody together. Um, Elena, is that her name? Um, who died in eight? Oh, she come back too. I mean, yeah, no one, no one's ever really gone, right? They're they're all holograms. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, when that happens, we'll be here to talk about it for sure. But in the meantime, spoiler man, tell our good audience how they can get a hold of us. Take it away, spoiler man. Special thank you to our patrons, Matt Troll. I don't have friends. I got family. Brother Brian. Family. 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 Druid King. There's always room for family. Nick. Salute me, familia. David. His family. Meg. But what's real? Your family. Daisy. We've only got one chance to make this family whole again. If you'd like to request an episode, hear your name read by Spoiler Man, or even just help us make podcasts, please check us out on patreon.com slash spoilers podcast. Who I guess to pee? That was Spoilers.